Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and I want to welcome you to another edition of Hungry for More. Uh, it's going to be a great show today. Um, you know, everybody that knows me knows that I love to have fun, and I'm going to have a guest who makes Catholicism fun every day of the week and um, 365 days of the year. So I'm going to have Taylor Schroll on my show today. And uh, so Let's start like with prayer, as we always do. And I love uh, sharing this prayer from St. Teresa of Avila. So I'll have Kent, my producer, bring that up on the screen. So please join me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Absolutely love that prayer composed by St. Teresa years and years and years and years and years and years ago, but um, it still applies today. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. So I want to bring on to the set now uh, my good friend. I've only met him for a couple of minutes, but I already feel like he's my best friend, uh, Taylor Schroll. And uh, Taylor, uh, welcome to Hungry for More. Thanks. I'm glad I'm here. And, and, and it's interesting. I've never heard myself described as making Catholicism fun 365 days of the year. And I like the implication that every four years I get one day off um, on the leap years. I don't have to do anything fun that day. I like that a lot. <laughs> Very good, very good. Well, I'm um, going to let you just introduce uh, yourself to our viewers today. I know for me, when I read these lists of accomplishments and stuff like that, uh, sometimes I miss half of it, but uh, it's always best for the guests to introduce themselves. So um, go ahead, you have the floor. Sure, thank you. As guests go and length of accomplishments, mine might be the shortest list. So if you want to start memorizing some, you might want to start with mine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm the president and founder of Forte Catholic. Uh, started five years ago uh, with a radio show and a podcast. And uh, over those five years, it grew. Um, I started uh, traveling the country and speaking and leading worship for Catholic retreats and conferences and that sort of thing. Um, and just recently, like within the last couple of months, it's the, a product of the quarantine. I now work full time for Forte Catholic and it is now a full nonprofit organization. And that is how I um, serve the Lord and also feed my wife and children. Amen. Amen. We all have to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me um, again, people who have watched your YouTube presentations, listened to your podcast, um, you know, trying to figure out what makes you tick. Um, what would a typical week be for you? Because I think everybody's saying, hey, I'm seeing guys like you, Al Smith. I'm seeing guys like Taylor, uh, lay evangelists. What's a typical week like for you? So um, fill us in, fill us in. Yeah, so just about every day I'm doing some kind of audio production either for uh, for myself or for uh, a team of other of other Catholics that I'm working with uh, to create similar things like you're doing, just digital evangelization, um, bringing the message of the gospel, the joy of the gospel uh, to people through podcast and video and, and, and all of those means. So just about every day I'm um, work, either working with somebody or actually um, doing the audio production uh, to try to, to, con to continue to increase uh, the Catholic Church in that space. Um, usually, uh, I'm traveling about uh, three times, four times a month, but that has obviously been canceled for the last few months, uh, which is, so instead of, in lieu of giving talks at, um, at, uh, at events, I've been doing them in my living room. So just like right now, I've kicked my family 
from around where this room is and they're in the in the in the game room i mean they're not suffering they'll be fine um yeah. but uh also about once a week i kick them out of the living room and they go to the game room and i record one of my one of my talks because i've given you know 150 uh, and so i just got a bunch of them canned and ready to go so uh why not share them uh, online as well so just a, a lot of uh, digital content creation um, I've been enjoying over the quarantine, spending a little bit more time with my family because now I have one job instead of two or more like I've had for the last eight years. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with my free time. Yeah. Do, do you do you consider yourself an artist? Like, do you consider yourself like, you know, you're a musician and uh, you create stuff and um, naturally you're, you're creating podcasts. Um, but uh, there's a musical side to you. But uh, would you call yourself an artisan or an artist? It's interesting because I wouldn't, I, I didn't until about two years ago. So there's this group on Facebook called the Catholic Creatives. And most of them are, are artists, like, like uh, physical artists, or they're creating beautiful things. And I, I, I never really felt as part of the crew because I was like, I talk funny and I can make audio. You know, like I never really felt like an artist. And then they made like a subset group of like Catholic podcasters, like Catholic creative podcasters. And I was like, like, it was just this re realization. It's like the only audio production I'd ever done was either for myself or for where I worked. And I was like, this is what I studied in school. This is what I did my internship in. I worked for Catholic radio stations, learning and doing audio production for them. And it's like, I think this might be the skill like within me that I'm the best at. And I've just never, like, I've just never done it for anybody else so it's like you know what i'm gonna share this with people and i've been doing it for long enough that even if i'm not a master just by trial and error i've learned what not to do over the last 12 years so i've been able to help people avoid those pitfalls yeah you know you mentioned that you've got you know a number of canned talks and i i think that just comes from your experience on the road you mentioned uh, to other people that have interviewed you. I know Kent Kohalski, my producer, had you on his show two years ago. And I remember you mentioning, you know, um, you know, I've talked to this youth group, that youth group. We, we kind of go through this, um, you know, scripture passages. We introduce them to the Eucharist and adoration. So um, did you accumulate those talks just over the years? Or was it kind of through your study of scripture that you said, you know what, I think I can come up with a 10-minute uh, presentation on this passage from the Bible. Like, how'd you build your resume? How'd you build your uh, your playlist? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a combination of the two things that you said. One of them was just by necessity. I like I worked in youth ministry for so long that uh, when you're a youth minister, you're trying to give them the the, uh, the I forget can't think of the fancy word, but just a cumulative faith. You want to give them the you know the main four pillars from the catechism. It's like you don't want people leaving your youth group completely loving the scriptures but having no love for the sacraments or completely loving the sacraments and they have uh you know no understanding of the moral life like it, we have to make people well-rounded right uh so because of that necessity uh like i i have talks on just about everything with the catholicism because i had to write it at some point but i i honestly think that my best talks are the second ones that you were talking about where it's like this came from my personal prayer or like just some understanding that i got because it's like just about any speaker can give a talk on the Eucharist and most of them are, you know, 70% the same talk, but like, like one of my favorite talks to give, I talk about complacency. I was, I, I've been terrible my whole life in, in being complacent. And this was the, the challenge and the call for me, like to, to get out of my initial complacency. And every time I give the talk, it reminds me to not be complacent again. You know, so that's just one example of like, I, I, I've, I've, I've been speaking long enough and I've talked to enough speakers that most people's like top five to 10 best slash most requested talks are the thing that five to 10 things that they are the worst at because God spoke to them and said like, Hey, this is how you can improve in this area. And then we're able to share that. Amen. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, people are sensing that you have some life experience. Uh, you're a father of three children. Uh, you, of course, you're um, what is that, what is that? Uh, juggling tasks on a regular basis. And, you know, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen said, hey, you know who you can trust is someone who suffered. And uh, I know uh, because you've been on the road, you know what it's like. Um, and people sometimes think it's really glamorous. You know, people say, oh, Al, you went to New York City and you gave 
three talks at a conference. Wow, wasn't that great? And you kind of go, um, it's not what you think. You're away from your house. You're away from your family. Yes, you're doing it for the Lord, but um, it's work. And sometimes uh, you suffer. And so uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about suffering, because I think young people, especially that you're ministering to, um, they got loads of pain. And um, I think your testimony can really help them. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. It's, it's really funny. I, uh, what, uh, suffering is one of the things I talk about a lot on, on my show because I, I don't like suffering. I, I don't enjoy suffering and, uh, and I'm not really all that good at it, uh, which is why I think Catholicism is the perfect religion for me because it's all about redemptive suffering. I mean, you look at the cross, it's redemptive suffering. You look at our great saints, redemptive suffering. You look at the, at the decisions that we are all called to, we are all called to take our suffering and have it be redemptive. So like I can gripe and complain with the best of them about things that aren't going well, but I think my, like the call that God has put on my life and the call that I try to share is finding joy. Like the joy of the gospel isn't just when everything is going well and everything's happy and you're on the retreat and everything's going well. Uh, finding the joy, the true joy of the gospel is finding God and therefore finding, you know, all, all of the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, like, like that is where, in God is where we find that, even in the midst of times where, like a lot of us have experienced in the last three months, times where we could, though, that was the list of things we didn't feel, <laughs> you know, like all the fruits of the Spirit, um, but trying to find God in the midst of, this, of the suffering and the pain, because that's where he is. Uh, because he, he's there with us in all moments, the best moments too, but like the, the most pinnacle moment of our faith was the cross and, there, and then the resurrection. But he met us in our suffering and then he, you know, he rose to redeem us and to show us that the suffering isn't, isn't everything. There is the joy of the resurrection, but he wants to take us into his resurrection. Yes, amen. And, you know, suffering, I think... Um, you know, like so many of us who uh, take our show on the road and when the, um, you know, I guess the uh, stay at home orders were uh, put into place, um, many of us, uh, <laughs> I suffered a great deal. And, um, you know, when you can't even cross the border, I'm in Canada. And, um, of course, I know that you speak fondly of Canadians on your show. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I have nothing bad to say. I just don't think you guys exist. <laughs> I know. I know. And, you know, I, I think you're just people. all in North Dakota and you've all made this thing up <laughs> that Can Can Canada is a thing. Well, we talk about, you know, separation and uh, being taken over by the United States of America. Sometimes we beg that they would do that. Um, but other times we come to our senses and we stay where we are. But um, I really appreciate that you have some Canadian content and you bring on, uh, you know, some guests that were from the Canada. Last two, the last two weeks we've had Canadian priests on. So this is I, perfect I you, timing. Father Harrison's a friend of mine. Oh, great. <laughs> you know? Father Millet, uh, you know, it's kind of, um, and, and I love that how you were talking about pronunciation with them. So it's all good. But, yeah. It's the Cajun yeah. name. I, I, that, that was a, a thing that I learned. And like, I always knew that Cajun came from French Canadians, but I yeah. didn't realize how, how much kinship there really was. So maybe, maybe just maybe y'all exist. I, maybe. I'm, hold, I'm holding out. I'm still not convinced, but I'm holding out a little bit of hope. Yeah. Well, I'm praying that they're going to open the border because right now, if someone even called me to come, I can't get across. I can't get out of my country. So are, are, uh, is it because Canada's not letting you out or America's not letting you in? <laughs> I, I, like, honestly, it could be either at this point. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to check. I'm going to check with my wife. <laughs> oh, it's your wife not I'm letting gonna you in. I'm going to check with out. my wife. No, no. <laughs> no. Hey, well, this is, uh, that's the next question I have for you. Let's talk about, um, of course, you married your your sweetheart which is great and um you know god is a great matchmaker and that's what he does but it's this whole idea of um when all of a sudden you get the call and they say can can you come and lead us in worship and uh, at a youth conference and it happens to be uh, four states over um what happens there like you know because people are this is this is real um so <laughs> coach us on this yeah I, sure I, 
we're we're a little strange as a like just our our marriage we've like just, like my wife first of all my wife is a saint second of all she knew what she was getting herself into we i mean we talked about all this before before we got married she knew that i was gonna have a life in ministry which meant not a ton of money probably some travel at some point weird hours like she knew all that so if if anything's wrong it's her fault that's what we've decided no, i'm just kidding um but also <laughs> like like how like practically how we make it work is um like for the most part and i i really try to be as protective as i can of this but like if i'm gone for one day like the whole next day i, I completely take off and i stay at home if i'm gone for two days i take off for two days i like so like there are times a lot of times in the summer like uh a few like obviously a few of my events got canceled but one of them one of them didn't i still uh, somehow still have a july event and it's a week long so like for anything longer than a couple of days my wife will get help we, we our extended family are two two and two and a half hours away so she'll go stay with one or the other or they'll come here um but like the shorter day trips like i'm i'm off like however many days i'm gone is how many days I'm home and and not working, um, or at least as much as I can, um, and you know just spending time with the family there. So it's kind of like uh, uh, my dad actually. Whenever he was in college, he worked seven on and seven off. Um, like you know, he would go out to an oil rig out in the middle of the ocean and then come back for seven days. And that's so that's kind of what uh, we do in a sense. Is like I'll be gone for seven days, but when I come back, it's seven days of just uh, resting, spending time with the family. Um, so that's that that's one of the practical ways that we do it. Yeah. And thanks for answering that question because people always ask, um, how do you find that balance between faith, home, speaking, all these things? Because I, I think people are, um, you know, nervous about entering into ministry. You know, what will be required of me? What uh, tensions will be put on my marriage? All of these things. Uh, but because Christ is the center of your marriage, I think uh, your wife gets you. Uh, she gets you in the sense that she's saying he's out trying to preach the gospel and feed our babies. So right. husband, <laughs> you go, you go. It, but, it, does, the, the, it does help because it's like, Hey, would you like to eat at the end of this month? I should probably <laughs> leave then. And it's a very easy conversation. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it actually works. Like I've been blessed. I'm, I've been married 35 years and um, you know, God has been good to me. Three adult children, five grandchildren, um, but people always say, how'd you stay married? And I said, I worked a lot. I worked right, a lot. Right. So um, sometimes I, I just uh, say it's because I'm tremendously good looking. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, speak, speaking of being good looking, like when did you start the beard? Like I'm like, I couldn't grow a beard to it. I was 40. <laughs> and, okay. um, but you must have had it at 18. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, the joke that I said about being good looking, this is actually just to cover my face so that <laughs> yeah. people can't see what I actually look like. Uh, I, shaved, I shaved it all off in like, December. And I, that's when I realized how much weight I had put on because I could see my multiple chins. So this right. is just covering all that. And I look so much better with this. But I, like, I started growing the beard. At 18, yeah. this hair just moved down to here. <laughs> um, so that's when the beard started. When I lost my my identity in my in my uh, in my spiky blonde hair, and then it just migrated south and became brown and orange. That makes oh. sense, I guess. Um, right. I, I always say that uh, that it's. I, I always joke saying it's God smiting me. Um, yeah. because you know, he, it, it, it becomes less and less impressive every year that God knows the amount of hairs on my head because I can start counting them here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's that patriarch. It's that what that patriarchal look that it's good on you. It looks good on you. Well, thank you. Keep it, keep it. And you know, it's funny because I, I, I love your t-shirts. I love stuff, you know, like I know when I started my company 25 years ago, first thing I wanted to do was put my name on my shirts, right. stuff on the back. Like, um, you know, does your wife ever say to you, can you wear anything? Like, could you put a different shirt on? Like, I'm tired of seeing you always with Forte Catholic stuff on, but um, I'm probably joking here. But you know, it's what's it's funny. Like, I like other than like when I'm doing stuff for the show, like now I'm wearing it. I feel super weird wearing it because it's like, why am I wearing my face on stuff? So mostly the <laughs> merch is for other people. And like, I'll, I'll do it when I'm recording something and I'm trying, you know, some, some kind of, you know, some kind of promo or, or like recording my show. But other than that, I'm like, this is strange. Uh, like I'm, I'm wearing somebody else's hat 
and he's wearing my hat because we feel better about that. We're both we're both bearded people, so it right. kind of makes sense. See, yeah. it's another bearded person. It's just yeah. not me. And and uh, yeah. yeah, it's nice. I'm I'm gonna send you an Al Smith the Gas Man hat. So awesome. uh, I got hats. It says "Pray, Trust, Don't Worry" right on the top there. Um, Al Smith on the, Al Smith the Gas Man on the back. So how, however you wear it, we can, we can flop. We can we flop. can flop. Yes, that's good. That's the beauty of this. Uh, you know, <laughs> we we what a swag. I, I never knew where they came up with that swag, you know, stuff we all get. I don't get the stuff half the time. Everybody else right. got it, not me. I don't know. Right. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, we're going to take a short commercial break because sure. uh, that's what we got to do. So, uh, Kent, um, roll the commercial and we'll be right back here on Hungry for More. Hey everyone, it's Anne DeSantis here to tell you about my new online TV show called Journeys in Faith. Thanks to Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who will share with all of us their journeys in faith. It's going to be great, and I can't wait for you to be introduced to some truly good people who are working hard to bring deeper faith to others. It's all about relationship with God and living out our mission as intentional disciples. Join me on Fridays, Eastern Time, for Journeys in Faith, 830 to 930. Subscribe at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on both Facebook and YouTube. I'll see you Friday and have a great week. God bless. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of Hungry for More. And I've got uh, in the house with me Taylor Schroll from Forte Catholic, and we've been talking about uh, being on the road. We've been talking about sharing the faith. And uh, boy, uh, one thing about you, Taylor, is you're growing up in front of us. And uh, that's the beauty. And uh, you must get many people saying, I remember when you led the worship and the praise when I was just, and uh, boy, you grew up. <laughs> so uh, tell us about uh, this journey with families and people who have followed you over the years. And, um, you know, I know you're speaking at a men's conference coming up. So um, with me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about that in the show. But um, sure. yeah, you know, because I'm, I'm sure that so many people, and, and you must get this all the time, where mothers and fathers come up to you and say, Taylor, you, you got to meet my, my, my teenage son. Can you spend some time with him? You really, you're his savior. Like, right. uh, can you, you know, so, and you might get the, the story that says, Hey, listen, when I was 19, you talked to me and you saved my life. So uh, let's go there. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, uh, anytime a parent says, can you talk to my kid? Uh, I, I can't help you. Like if, if you're, if, if you're coming to me at that point, it's like, oh, man, that is the worst place for a youth minister to get put in. And like most of the time, we'll we'll sit down and talk to them. And like, it's it's just one of those things that like, you know, like parents forcing your kids to go to a youth group is one thing because then like all of your other friends are forced to be there. But one on one, it's just so strange unless you actually have a relationship with with the person. Um, but anyway, that's just kind of a funny thing. But uh it's it is funny about the growing up thing because I actually worked in the parish where I grew up and I was really young at the time I was you know 22 23 years old and coming back there it's like I got mixed mixed reactions and it was either oh you're the tailor we remember from when you were in high school the troublemaker that never shut up that always made a joke out of everything and now you're supposed to be in charge, you know? So it was like a little bit of the prophet not welcome literally in his hometown. Uh, and then there were, there were a bunch of other adults that, that even from then were like, you know, we're here to support you. We, we've, we, we love you despite all the crap you put us through uh, when you were in high school. And uh, I mean, even to this day, 
uh, a big a big chunk of of my financial support for my missionary work over the last five years and now my work with Forte Catholic has come from uh, people who have watched me grow up uh, which is which is really special like it's really special to have those people on my team and back in uh, my mission back in me and my family uh, it's just really a special thing yeah do you have um you know, a group of people that pray for you. Like I've got a few uh, nuns in convents that um, just storm heaven for me. And, you know, they write me once in a while to say, remember, we're still praying for you. And I'm going, wow, I, my, I'm, I'm touched. I'm touched to know that these nuns in the convent are storming heaven for me. Do, do you have a team in place uh, praying for you? I do. And uh, they're all smart enough to not have asked me. They just started doing it. So my, my, my mom is my mom's prayers are the only reason I'm still Catholic. Like growing up, like all the statistics of like people leaving the church, I meet every single one of those statistics. Like I shouldn't be here. And I'm pretty sure it's just because my mom prayed a lot. Like she was the August, the, the, the Monica to my Augustine. Right. Um, but then also, like, it's funny you mentioned a nun. I had a nun, uh, a sister, um, who's, who's a friend of mine. Every time, like, we both travel, so we'll run into each other. We've never seen each other where either of us live. We run into each other at airports and at, at events and that sort of thing. She reached out to me whenever I announced that I was doing this full time now. She was like, you know what? Um, I, I'm going to pray for you uh, once a week, and, and, like, consistently all while you're doing this. I said, thank you, sister. That's very kind. Um, I've also got, uh, there's, there's a, a, a woman that I've worked with for years. She prays with me uh, mostly for her own benefit so that I will be a better person to interact with. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then I, you know, I have, I have uh, friends that'll like do the whole, like we're saying a mass, like uh, my wife and I's anniversary was two days ago. And uh, we had a, a friend of ours who like my wife and I are the godparents for their, for one of their children. They had a mass said, they have a mass said for us once a year there i have priests uh who who say masses for me uh, and, and again mostly it's people who are like we just won't, don't want this guy to go to hell so we're gonna pray in reparation for his sins as much as we can <laughs> amen amen you know i think um you know in the promos when we were trying to feature uh the show and of course inviting everyone to come and watch today um that whole slogan of making catholicism fun like right away that appeals to me because that's been my trick is that I bring my faith to work and of course I wear my faith on my back and people always ask me like, why are you Catholic? <laughs> and, uh, and I tell them because I have so much fun and, um, and, and my joy is infectious and I'm sure people would say the same about, thing about you. But so let's talk a little bit about that. How do we make Catholicism fun? So. Well, I, I used to love people saying that my joy is infectious, but after this infection for the last three <laughs> yeah. months, I, I, I don't know if I want to be connected to that. Um, but um, yeah, like for, for me growing up, like I, like, like, like I was saying, like just in high school and junior high, like I was so bored with Catholicism. Like all I, like I didn't know anything about the mass. It hadn't touched my heart. So it was just, the, to me, it looked like just the same thing over and over again. The homilies weren't the greatest. I, I, that is something I still agree with, even even though I now understand <laughs> the best. The, the music wasn't the best all the time. Like it was just one of those things. It's the same thing over and over again. My CCE and youth group was really boring. So like I, I honestly started going to um, a non-denominational church. Long story short, I fell in love with Jesus and the scriptures there, and like I learned about Him as a person through the through through the preaching. Fast forward two years, I go to a Steubenville conference. I encounter, I was like, hey, the Jesus that I heard about the scriptures and learned about and actually started to care about in the Protestant church, that's him in that piece of bread. And then I, you know, stayed Catholic and never, and never looked back. Um, but like, essentially my mission comes from that because like I said, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't still be here. Like I, I'm an anomaly. Um, I made it through, even though everything was pushing me to out of the Catholic church or away from the Catholic church. And it's like, I don't want other people, especially young people who I've worked with for you know, over a decade now. Um, a lot of them are bored with Catholicism. They're not leaving because they hate the church because they disagree with the church. A lot of them, they just don't have a connection to it. And a lot of times it's because they're bored out of their minds <laughs> with their CCE or youth group or mass or whatever. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, it's like, I just want to sh share with people. It's like, look, I'm a joyful person and they'll get to know that quickly. And like, th that's my joy comes from my faith and being able to share that with them, but also sharing with them. It's like, look, 
you're, you know, all the stuff you feel bad about and you feel terrible about the Catholic guilt that you feel like that's not God's call for you. Like he wants you to live in the victory, to live in the joy of a life true to Christ, a life full of Catholicism. Um, that's where we will find our true joy is, is, is in living a life for and with Christ. Uh, so that, that's essentially the make Catholicism fun again. It's just living out that joy of the gospel, like the, the real life that Christ, you know, Jesus came and died and suffered and then rose again for us so that, so that we could have his life, like the life of God dwelling within us. Um, so we need to stop just moping around and being boring all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, is there kind of like um, three magic tricks that, you know, work every time? Like, like, for example, I, you talk about the Steubenville experience. I had that when I was, uh, you know, 18 years old, we went on a bus, drove the six hours from Canada down to Steubenville. And, you know, that encounter with the Lord, the Eucharistic procession, um, you know, it, it was like, boom. Um, and people will say time and time again, when I fell in love with the Eucharist and that intimacy with God, there was no turning back. Because when, uh, of course, Peter said, you know, where else are we going to go? You got the right. words of everlasting life. You've got the Eucharist there. I'm not leaving. So tell me about some of these magic bullets that you love to maybe one, two, three. But um, are there these tricks? Because we're all saying, give us those tricks. We want to know how do we bring people in to just buy in and, and uh, just fall in love with Jesus and never leave. Yeah, I think first of all, there is no magic bullet. That's so that, like, 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 really, there isn't. And I, I've been I, like, I've, I've been searching for one for forever. And uh, I actually read a couple books of people that said that they found it, and I didn't believe them. Uh, like, I, I just don't think there really is one. But um, it, within that context, with that being said, there are a couple of things. One is actually Jesus. Like, th th there's so many things like that. Like, that aren't focused on Jesus. Like, um, and I've been guilty of many of these. One is like making the ministry all about the minister, right? Where it's like, I remember being like being a in young in ministry and I was going so much on this pendulum swing of it was completely boring and terrible that all I'm going to do is be fun. And it was like, it was, it was a lot about me and not about Jesus. Right. Um, but there's, there's also times where people bring in their own, like we all have our biases. Like there's nothing, that's going to take us away from our biases, but bringing those into ministry, you know, people who are more traditional or more charismatic or more um, about scripture or more about the, the sacraments. It's like, I've, I've seen within my own ministries and ministries of other people that the, that the people coming out of ministries look like the minister. Um, so if like, I went to a youth group that had a deep devotion for the Eucharist and especially Eucharistic adoration. Um, but lacking in some other things. And it's like, and it's because that's how our leaders work, right? So I think more importantly is it like, uh, there's, there's this thing called Sticky Faith. Uh, it, was a, it was an organization that did a lot of research into, into youth ministry, but I think it applies to, I think it applies to adults too. Um, but having, having five people in your life that are, that, that are, that are able to have your ear, right? So in our own personal life, like, do I, who are the five people that have, that have my ear that I completely trust that they know where I'm coming from. And honestly, there are, it's, it's you know, my, my wife, my mom, a priest friend of mine, some other, you know, uh, uh, my best friend, like people who I know are in my corner, like that's who I go and talk about, about things. And like, it comes to the same thing in ministry is like, I, I have my own skills and biases and where I come from. So like when it comes to doing ministry, um, I love partnering with somebody who is super holy and uh, introverted because I'm barely holy and super extroverted. Right. So like, like we're able together, we're able to meet different people, create a more well-rounded young person. Um, so I think honestly, like the, the quote unquote silver bullet is, uh, trying to find, okay, how can we make this person or how can we help this person uh, become like a full Catholic in the full sense of the term, a little bit of traditional, a little bit of charismatic, a little bit like they love the scriptures, but they also love the sacraments. And it's, uh, they're also living a good moral life. They're also praying. Like that's, that's what we want. And like, I know that like, I have holes in my, in my knowledge and my experience, like the lives of the saints was never really taught them. So like, 
I know a few of their stories that I've picked up over the last 10 years, but I was never taught them as a kid. So I love being partnered with people that know the lives of the saints very well, you know, so, th so there I can go on my strengths of like, hey, here's the, the scriptures, here's um, some stories from my life and somebody else can come with an example of the saints. And it's like, okay, I'm not the perfect Catholic because none of us are, but together as a community, we are, we are and can be the body of Christ. Yes. Amen. But really, the silver bullet, I think a lot of times is just your witness. And uh, people say, he's got a piece about him. Uh, yeah, he, he looks a little reckless. Uh, you know, he's unpredictable. But you know what, he's got this joy. And I think I'll stick with him. I'll stay I'll stick with him. Because ultimately, they start to realize, hey, what makes me tick is the Eucharist is scripture is good friends. And I've got that all here in my Roman Catholic faith. So, um, and of course, that's how we win souls to Christ. So, um, you know, I think of the scriptures and I think of St. Paul. And, you know, as I was thumbing through your, um, I want to say your resume, uh, your resume of work. And I came across a song that you wrote and sang <laughs> about St. Oh, no. <laughs> Paul, Paul. And I thought... I love this guy. You know, he, he, it's like you took time to figure this out. You said, you know, he, St. Paul wrote 75% of the stuff and all this other stuff. So, and, uh, you know, I know that you're speaking at a Catholic men's conference coming up, this immortal combat um, men's conference. And you're going to be talking about St. Paul and, uh, of course, his, um, his writings on spiritual battle. But tell me a little bit about you and St. Paul, because, um, you seem to have a relationship. So I like that guy a lot. Um, yeah. I, I like my my undergrad uh, was in religious studies, and like I I could there were a couple of classes that we had to take, but every class that I could choose to take, I took a scripture class because I just I've I've always just loved the scriptures and I love learning more about them, and so I took. Um, I took a, a New Testament class. I took a Pauline letters class. I took you know just like I love getting in into Paul. Um, because I think he was just so, he, he had this ridiculous witness, right, of like killing Christians one day, and then, you know, a week or two later being welcomed into the Christian community. I was just wild. Um, but uh, I, I love how just kind of bold he is. And like, actually, like in the conference, like what, what I'm sharing is like, he's essentially like it, it's this famous passage, the passage of putting on the armor of God, right? Where I think a lot of times, like, at, like I, I know for myself, I've heard the story so many times that I can just shut off and stop listening to it. But like within the context of this spiritual battle that we all find ourselves in, like, it's not just like, hey, God, like, I, I always just kind of heard it like in a general sense of like, God's putting this armor on you and God is going to protect you as you move into battle but every piece has something specific in it like your loins are girded with truth like so like every piece is connected to something that we need that we need to be able to go into this battle and win and and the thing about this battle is it's not like we're two two battle or two forces meeting on a battlefield satan's always battling us and most of the time we're just going about our normal lives. So he like, he already kind of has an upper hand in the battle until we bring God into the picture and we bring the armor of God in. And then like, I, I, I just has all of these just like realizations of like, like if you and I were, were battling and you had your armor on and somehow with a sword or an arrow or whatever, I, I, I got your, your shoulder plate off. Like, where's my next attack going to go? It's going to go on your shoulder like that. That's the place. So like, like, like Satan doesn't need to remove the entire armor from us. Right. Like if, if he removes the helmet, where is he going to attack? He's going to attack the head. Right. So we need to constantly be be ready and be vigilant um, in in all the pieces of those armor, because any good soldier and Satan's very good at this. He's been doing it for quite some time. Uh, he like he's he's not an idiot. He's going to attack where you're weak. Um, so I think uh, asking God to come in and help us be like, hey, can you give me two helmets? Because I'm kind of an idiot. You know, like <laughs> I need some help. Yeah, get some, some extra layers here. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, that I'll be diving into that at the conference. Yeah, amen. Hey, listen, because I I remember you know what you said there about you've heard so many armor of talk, God, talk armor of God talks, and you know what uh, I I gave an armor of God talk um, back in 2014 at the Putting on the Armor of God conference held in Toronto, and so uh, it's one of my most popular YouTube videos. It's got about 8,500 views. So I nice. thought, wow, what happened there? But it was the message because. When I gave that talk, I talked about putting on the armor of God and how Satan wants to take off every piece. So as soon as you put one on, um, he's trying to take it off, you know. Right, so right. it was called put on the armor of God and keeping it on, how to keep right. it on. And the key to my talk now was that the Blessed Virgin Mary is who puts on everything for you. She puts your shoes on for you. I love when my mom puts my shoes on and the blessed Virgin Mary helps puts the shoes on for you. Wait, um, you still like that? Like you like it when your mom puts your shoes on? I do. And my mom still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, well, I'm, I'm not a mama's boy. Um, my talk in um, on the men's conference is getting right with Mary and getting Mary right. And I talk about the mother wound and uh, sometimes it's hard to love the blessed Virgin Mary when, you know, you've got some tension with your own mom, yeah. but uh, my mom's great and she's still alive. And I loved it when she put on my boots and my shoes and my hat, the helmet, she put it on really snug. We wear toques, you know, nine months of the year in Canada. So um, when your mom puts your hat on, it's great. So my version of the armor of God is having the blessed Virgin Mary help you put on the armor. So there you go. But, well, I'll just watch your popular talk and just copy it word for word. And, okay, and, yeah. You know. But it's an hour. It's an hour. So mm -hmm. um, I know that they like to keep these men's conferences, the videos, somewhat shorter. And um, I like that format. But sometimes you need 40 minutes to get the message across. It, you was, know? it was nice this time. So so like with this Smart Catholic, uh, smart Catholics group, which is just, it's just hilarious that I'm involved with this because I might be one of the dumbest Catholic speakers alive, but I keep getting invited to this Smart Catholics thing. And uh, like the, the the funny thing, no, there it is. You got it, you got it <laughs> pulled right. up. <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to say now, which proves my point that I'm not very smart. No, that, <laughs> you always say, how did I ever get on that stage? You know, and my wife always keeps uh, saying to me, how did you get invited? What? Why did EWTN television fly you down and do two shows last year? Like, you're the gas man. What are you doing on EWTN? So I call, I guess God has a sense of humor. Um, he used yeah. tent makers, uh, tax collectors, <laughs> uh, fishermen can use a plumber from canada to do his yeah, bidding yeah yeah and here's my here's my thing with that it's like like paul was very successful in his business like i i so like I, as much as i love paul i connect more with peter because he was not only was he a fisherman which didn't take being all that smart but he was terrible about it he never caught a fish unless jesus told him what to do the only <laughs> there's only one time and it's the, one of the funniest things in the world to me. Uh, you remember the story of, of uh, somebody comes up to Jesus and they're like, hey, you need to pay your taxes. And Jesus tells Peter to go to go catch a fish and the, and the coin will be in, in the fish's mouth. And that's what they used to pay. We don't hear from Peter for multiple chapters after that because Jesus <laughs> wasn't there to help him catch the fish. He's just, it's a, I, I like to imagine it took him months to catch that one fish and rejoin the flock. Yeah. That's how I no, feel. No, he went back to try to catch more fish with money in it. And he <laughs> kept getting these fish going, oh, there's no coin in there. Put it back. It's another one. <laughs> he spent a lot of time there. But uh, this is the whole thing. My wife doesn't like it when I make comedy with the scripture. But I think sometimes you have to have a funny bone. So when you are looking at um, the lives of the saints and, of course, the disciples, um, we got to laugh. We got to have some laughs because uh, our joy is infectious. So uh, anyway, all right. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, how you're helping so many people with their podcast, with their stuff. Like I, I like to call you the godfather of pod. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, and you probably got lots of nicknames, but I, I look at what you've done in that you've helped a lot of people. Like you're the big brother for so many of these people just say, Hey, I'll lead the way. Don't follow me but you need help, I'm here for you. So tell me a little bit about, um, I'm not saying your side, your side hustle, you know, because some people always say, you got a side hustle? No, 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 this is what you do and you help people with their podcast. So talk to us, we all need help. 
Yeah, sure. It's funny. The, the big brother thing is hilarious because a lot of times in ministry, I do, I do kind of carry myself as the big brother to a lot of these young people. But when it comes to the podcasting, the people that I'm helping the most are people much older than me. Um, and I'm not the big brother. I'm very much the, the, the little brother or the son because I'm the, the techie guy that knows how to do all the tech stuff. And it's, it's older people that don't know what they're doing. So it is kind of funny. But um, yeah, like I, I love that. It's one of my things. I brought up the body of Christ earlier. It's one of my favorite things about the body of Christ is that there are people who have a great message to share. They have an audience to share it with, but they don't know how to do it. And I do. And, and I don't have their voice. I don't have their audience. I don't have like their, their callings may be different than mine, um, but I'm able to, to help and support them in that. Uh, and that is just kind of grown and flourished because like I, like I said, I've been editing audio since, I, since college and then, you know, do, working in radio for over, for over a decade and, uh, and then doing the podcast on my own for, for five years. So it's just like the whole thing, like marketing, how to, do, how to be a good host, how to, how to edit, how to produce, how to like all that stuff. It's just like, look, friends, just, it just, you just record your show. I'll help you get set up and I'll take care of everything from there. So, yeah. And I think people have to realize that, um, you know, you need help. You need help. I think, uh, if we would just realize to say, you know what, God put some other people on this earth too, you know, so, uh, humble yourself and ask for help. And, um, so they can find you at, uh, Forte Catholic com is that right yeah yeah right there under my name yeah and one thing of course with uh, your website is you know it features your blog um, your latest videos um, and of course the events I was sadly you know looking at your events and you could see canceled postponed yeah. <laughs> canceled postponed yeah. and I did see that one date they haven't canceled yet and yeah go, the life team camp I'm looking forward amen to that. amen so uh, hopefully this thing will open up it'll open up and that we'll all get back uh, to doing what we love and of course that's pressing the flesh meeting people face to face um, this is good don't get me wrong the digital stuff is good uh, but this is, there's not this is the safe distance I like to feel with kids. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yes and you know I know that uh, with a little bit of therapy you're going to be good with us Canadians one of these days you know <laughs> and uh, I I'm going to have to get together with my Canadian friends and we'll have to do a road trip come visit you and um it's going to be a great time. It's going to I be a was, great time. I was, I, I didn't realize this is how dumb I am. I didn't realize that I needed a passport to get into Canada. I thought Canada was just so nice. They would just let you in and out. Like that's literally what I thought. I'm not even making a joke right now. So I, yeah. I, I went to Detroit, which first of all, I didn't even know bordered Canada because I know nothing about anything <laughs> North of Texas. Um, but uh, I, I was one time I was in Detroit and I was, I had a day where I was off. Uh, it was a, during a week mission trip that I was leading worship for. And they wouldn't let me cross because I didn't have a passport. I was like, really, Canada? Like, what What am I going to st steal? You know, whatever. And uh, But what I, I realized that Detroit, there's a part of Detroit that loops around where it's actually north of Canada. So I've never been to Canada, but I've been north of Canada. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll invite you to Canada. I'll invite you to Canada and uh, we'll work on that. But we've got to get this, um, all this mess cleaned up. And so we're going to have to pray a few extra prayers um, for the borders to open and uh, sanity to return, to return. So it's all good. All right. Uh, again, I want to invite everybody to come and join the men's conference, the Immortal Combat Men's Conference. I love how they, that's a great title immortal combat like i know your that picture is me in 30 years yeah <laughs> and, and and you got the gaming experience like i don't know how to do video games uh, i'm a plumber i know how to swing pipe wrenches they're here behind me but you've got the video game thing down but i'm sure it's helping you in your spiritual battle so oh absolutely uh, it's how i train spiritually sure. yes yeah so i will put the links of course in the show notes and we want you to come and i tell you Ten dollars. I mean, is that a great price? The early bird special, uh, if you register before June twenty fourth. And um, you know, I was just told because, um, of course, my publisher, uh, I've got two books with Sophia Institute Press, is offering a thirty percent discount to everyone who signs up. So if you sign up for the men's conference, you can uh, purchase Dan Burke's books, uh, Father Dwight's book, Immortal Combat all the Bishop Sheen books that I've been talking about on the show for years, uh, Deacon Harold Sivers, his book. 
So uh, you get 30% off all the books at Sophia for joining the Immortal Men's, the Immortal Combat Men's Conference. And you get to see my man on the screen there and his talk on St. Paul and spiritual warfare. I'm giving three talks. I don't know how I swung that deal, but uh, I'm giving three. You, so I, I think you got duped. Uh <laughs> because, because you could get the same like I, I i he offered me to do multiple and i was like wait a second i can do the same amount of, i can do less work and get the same amount of promotion and speak to the same amount of people i'm just gonna do one so i think you've been duped sir like yeah. isaiah the prophet I know, but I, I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. And, and I, you know, when they closed the border, like I needed therapy. So I just turned the camera on and spoke from my heart. So that's all I did. There was one time that I, I uh, during the quarantine, I started recording the talks uh, here in my living room and I gave an entire talk and realized that I was on photo mode uh, <laughs> instead of video. So there I was preaching the gospel to literally no one for 30 minutes. And then I was so frustrated that I didn't re-record the video. I literally only gave that talk to myself because I was so frustrated. I was like, I don't want to share about Jesus right now because I'm mad. <laughs> so yeah. I, just went to, I just went to bed and that was the end of that day. Yeah. I mean, technology is our way of avoiding purgatory because technology is frustrating. And that's why we need people who know the technology. But uh, I tell you, I've had many shows that I thought I was recording and I thought that was a perfect presentation. And then I go, I never turn the on button on. Darn it. Yeah. Um, God wanted us to practice and practice and practice. So um, Taylor, our hour has gone by like quick and we'll have to have you back on the show again. And uh, we just got started. We just got started. So uh, we want to encourage everyone to, of course, uh, visit um, Taylor on the web at ForteCatholic.com. Um, of course, uh, subscribe and like all those YouTube videos. We need mm -hmm. to build up your subscriber list. All, all that corny stuff we say every week. Like me on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> you know, YouTube. But you know what? Uh, you're helping us feed all those children and grandchildren. And, uh, of course, we're helping you get to heaven. So uh, we're trying to make Catholicism fun. And we want to thank you for joining us today. Um, Taylor, I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer as we head on out here. And so uh, yeah, sure. go ahead. Yeah, th yeah. thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Let's, let's, let's yeah. Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this night. I want to thank you for the conversation that we had, and um, for everyone that is listening and watching tonight, or whenever they are they're uh, watching this. God, I ask that you bless them, all of their families, um, especially with all of the the turmoil going on in our world right now. God, just give us um, all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but especially uh, peace and a deep joy that we can only find in you. We ask this all in your name, Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everyone, Amen. thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time on another edition of Hungry for More here on the Fiat Ministry Network. God love you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.